for us as Christians, we're, we're resting on the shoulders of God in order to be dwelling in the law, meaning to, as John 14, 15, as 2 John 6 clearly state that the way that God said, hey, this is love by your obedience to me, the only way that we're doing that is through the strength of God. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with a very tired Pastor Hayden. Mm. And here here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do here at Compass, no matter how tired we are, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission of reaching, teaching, and training. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden, you just got done preaching after arriving back in Texas at two in the morning. Two in the morning. This morning, mm. because you love God's church. Mm-hmm. And we took a pause in the Matthew series. To, people and promises. We paused in the people and promises. That's a lot of alliteration right there. And changed it to placed into Christ. Mm-hmm. A lot of P's there. A lot, a lot of P's. All right. The title of your sermon was The Effects of Your New Life. And this is because... We celebrated another baptism service. We baptized ten different people, as uh, we are just we did something in water that represented something that already happened. Uh, but let me uh, read the text for us, and then let's talk about your sermon so that we can be prepared as life group leaders this week in this I would say very pivotal and important life group mm. uh, meeting. Romans chapter six, beginning in verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized in, into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism to, into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. All right, Pastor Hayden, the main point, the main focus of, of your short sermon was that anyone who is placed into Christ, spirit baptism, is in union with Christ and incorporated into Christ and can no longer live under the bondage of sin, but they instead submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit who is abundantly at work in our new life. All right, so that was a, a lot to say in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. What should we need? To, what could we or do we need to remember from this short sermon for our life groups this week? It's just to look at the text there in Romans 6, 1 through 4, and understand that uh, being placed into Christ does give us a a new life. And that is the good news of the gospel, that we have an opportunity to walk in the newness of life through Christ, being clothed in his righteousness, being given the power of God's Spirit at work in us, allows us not only to have new life, but to peripateo, to walk in that new life. And so, really, that's that's where we sit as we are placed into Christ, and that's where we'll sit in our life groups, is uh, the joy of righteousness, the uh, the really the work of righteous living uh, is a privilege for the Christian, and it shouldn't be a burden. I talked a lot about that in the 11 o'clock. It's just how uh, it's got God's will, Christ's uh, burdens ought not to be wearisome and burdensome. It should be a joy to follow after the righteousness of Christ because we sit on the shoulders of Christ as he takes us to places uh, we could never uh, go on our own. Well, kind of talking about that, building off 
building off that, excuse me, uh, point number one was continually pursuing the gift of righteousness. And can you help equip us life group leaders to be ready to talk about this where you know, the law for the non-Christian is a mirror of their condemnation, but the law for the Christian is this, is this beautiful display of who God is that we get to participate in? Yeah, it's like I explained uh, in this text, although these words aren't used, we have defined uh, the parameters uh, through history with words antinomianism and legalism, right? Legalism, on one hand, is earning my salvation through merit and goodness. And all the good works I can do, I can legally, like I can earn my own salvation legalism. That's why a lot of people uh, get accused of being legalists or you just you just want me to do, 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 and don't, 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 don't. Uh, it is legalism if uh, you're asking people who aren't uh, clothed in the righteousness of Christ to do something to be better or to do better in hopes that they would uh, earn some favor from God. Uh, but you also have the other side of this called antinomianism or no law. Uh, that is uh, that whatever makes me happy, I'm fine because grace wins. Or uh, whatever happens in my life, whatever sin I commit, it doesn't matter. There, there's no consequence for it, nor is there anything wrong with it in the end because the as my sin increases, grace increases. And that's antinomianism. And the reality is we don't live in either one of those spheres. As Christians, we see uh, that there is no work that merits favor with God. Uh, but yet, I do not forsake the law because it's God's law. God makes, makes the law. I love the law. And Christ came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And he asked all of those who are in him to abide by him, to abide in him, and to obey his commands. Which his commands are very much the laws of God. And so for us, it's Pursuing the gift of righteousness is understanding that it should be a pursuit. Right? There is a righteousness that's imputed on you. Imputed righteousness is obviously what we call it. Uh, but there is a righteousness that is at work in your life in the word sanctification. That is, you're progressively being conformed into the likeness of Christ. And so you are conformed into righteousness, although that you are righteous, uh, forensically justified. You are righteous in Christ before God. You are also understand that you're not in all of your actions righteous because you could bear that witness and testimony of yourself. And so God is always conforming you in this flesh into righteousness. So it is, is it both? It's, it's a word that has two definitions, if you will, biblically, and we have to understand both of them. And that's why you should pursue the gift of righteousness. We no longer pursue sin. We no longer pursue uh, our own desires and our own will, but we pursue the righteousness of God. And with that, we need to make sure that we are embracing a new, the new life as Christians as we demonstrated through water baptism. So your second point was embrace the purpose of your new life. And maybe what is something for us life group leaders that we need to maybe prepare to say or prepare to hear maybe an objection of coming maybe in our life groups this week as we talk about the second point. Yeah, I really hope that you have no objections. I mean, to be honest, like, I just hope that like the embracing the purpose of your new life, like that is just, that's Christianity 101. Uh, I know where Pastor Evan's getting at, and there are people who, I don't know, that, that and I I don't know, like if you're a Christian, it, you just know this. So there are non-Christians out there, people who have uh, who don't have Christ in them, don't are not filled with the Holy Spirit, who may object to this, but 
when you read Colossians 3, 1 through 17, which is why I placed it in here, I mean, it's just as obvious as can be that there is a purpose in my new life. If you have been raised with Christ, then whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the, obviously the bookends of Colossians 3, 1 through 17. And in between, it tells you, put on this, put off this. I mean, it's not legalism because I'm in Christ. I am justified in Christ. I am imputed the righteousness of Christ, which allows me then to put these things on. If I put these things on without Christ, I'm putting uh, I'm putting righteousness over stink, right? I mean, it's like putting on a new shirt with no deodorant on, and you haven't showered in a week. It's like, great, you're putting that on, but you're just going to make that thing stink, right? Your whole, everything's going to stink. But I'm inside, I am now righteous internally, and then it clothes me from the inside out. And so, therefore, the things that I then put on continue to smell good and produce fruit because I'm clean on the inside in Christ. Therefore, as I'm dressing my outside of my life, it makes sense. It complements one another. The inside and the outside look the same and they match. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what that's what the life of, of a purposeful Christian looks like. Embrace the purpose of your new life. And we can do that. I love the illustration you used in the first service. I don't know if you used it in the second I one. I think I did both. You did both where you talked about how you're standing on the shoulders of your father in, mm-hmm. in order to get into the lake. And so for us as Christians, we're, we're resting on the shoulders of God in order to be dwelling in the law, meaning to, as John fourteen fifteen, as Second John 6 clearly state that the way that God said, hey, this is love by your obedience to me, the only way that we're doing that is through the strength of God, mm-hmm. but it doesn't negate our responsibility to obey God. Mm-hmm. But we know that we can trust God that he'll give us the strength to actually obey him because we have God in us. I think it's important to uh, point out, maybe I was just thinking about this and studying this week, even in Matthew 11, kind of spoiler alert, where Jesus says the words, you know, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lonely in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. And I think sometimes when we think of rest, we think of, oh, we can rest, go to you know, like our honeymoons, go to some nice tropical place and relax a little bit where, where the burden is done, where it's, you know, rest is, our righteousness doesn't count for anything, but his covers us. And so we don't have to rest in ourselves anymore as to take my yoke. And even studying this a little bit this week where the yoke is, you know, when a older mature, when they're raising up a younger ox, they would pair it up with the older ox. So the older ox can teach it how to plow this field. And so here's Christ saying, Hey, put on my yoke and I will and learn from me. And you can re- lean on me, rest on me as we, now we do this new life together and so we can embrace this new purpose of our new lives in a beautiful way all right pastor hayden um you gave some application questions uh for us for our life groups but you've highlighted one in particular why why this question yeah question number two in your outline asks you to define uh what uh baptism means and so i just want you guys to make sure that question is coming and you're going to be expected to uh, in so many ways, define this to your group. And so just be mindful of that when you get into question number two. What is the definition of the word baptism to be placed into? And how would you biblically define each of the two most frequent uses of the word baptism in the New Testament? And I did explain these during service, but you'll need to know because uh, two things. One, you're probably going to need to help people understand what it means. And two, uh, people who may not know what it means may give wrong definitions, and you're going to have to, as a leader, step in and help people uh, form and uh, ha- keep the, a right definition of baptism. There is water baptism, means not being placed into water as an act of obedience uh, 
it doesn't save, but it is that obedient act that the Scripture teaches me to do uh, after I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, after I've been placed into Christ, I'm, I've been endowed with the Spirit of God, and that is spirit baptism. I've been placed into Christ. And so you have to just be able to define those two in your group and watch out because that's coming. And, and don't not prepare. Don't not. Don't not prepare and, and get sit in that question. And then people start giving definitions that maybe aren't accurate. And then people leave your life group with a wrong understanding of baptism, which is what we do not want. So that question is purposeful, but you just need to make sure you're prepared for it. And to help prepare you, we actually have several resources uh, for you. And so, Pastor Hayden, there is one little resource that we give to every person that gets baptized, but it's such a helpful little book that clears things up. What is that resource? Yeah, Baptism by Larry Dyer, uh, I think is going to be really, really helpful. And for you guys, to you should read it. Actually, it's the best book on baptism I think I've ever I've ever read, and I've read a lot of books on baptism, and we have another one on here, Believer's Baptism by Shriner and Wright, and I still like Larry Dyer's better. It's just so plain and simple, but yet you're like, why have I never, you know, it's, it's very few times in your life where you hear something very simple, and yet you also hear like, I've never heard that. In that book, you will hear a bunch of things that are super simple, super biblical, and you're like, why have I never, why have I never thought about it this way? That book does, it's like 110 pages or something. It's very short. And so it doesn't take very long. And it's a little book. It's not like a big book of 100 pages. It's a small book of 100 pages. So definitely get that book. You should read it no matter who you are. Uh, but definitely as a life group leader, you should. It's a good resource to actually point anyone in your life group, group towards as like a first step in that. Uh, another resource that we've been giving out to our uh, people who have registered for baptisms is The Gospel of Jesus Christ by Paul Washer. It's a very plain and simple book, 28 pages, as a matter of fact, that is a very helpful presentation of the gospel because in order to be you know, baptized in water, you need to be baptized in the Spirit. Um, but there's a couple resources. Pastor Hayden mentioned it uh, before. Uh, and Believer's Baptism by Tom, and Tom Schreiner and Sean White. This is a very you know, deep and technical book that if you want to learn more about believers baptisms and the different angles of things this is a great resource another resource that i really love is the biblical critique of infant baptism by matt waymeyer and this is why we do child dedications unlike our you know brothers and sisters in christ maybe in the lutheran and presbyterian church where they will baptize their infants and the, so one it's a very helpful book to define what is really going on in their lives or what is really going on in infant baptism from their perspective versus maybe the, the Catholic perspective or the water baptism saves you perspective. Um, but also this is a helpful critique of saying, here's the scripture they would use that's build their case, but also here's the scriptures of why it's incorrect. So a biblical critique of infant baptism by Matt Waymeyer. Well, Pastor Hayden, as we get into these life groups, there's you know there might be some people who hear the testimonies they heard and they might have more questions about what happened. And so, what what training can we give our life group life group leaders this week to be best prepared for talking about baptism? This I think that book is going to be one of the most helpful resources. Baptism by Larry Dyer it gets it answers a lot of common questions, uh, and and I know that we can. I mean, I wish actually I do, I do have it uh, on me. Uh, it has a lot of very common questions that you're going to have to answer as a, uh, 
yeah, as, as a life group leader, you know, what about infant baptism? That's one of them. Why don't we baptize infants? Because uh, we call it believer's baptism, and one has to be a believer before they're baptized. I mean, there's a simple answer, and we got to make sure that we're not baptizing babies just because there are other people who do it because they have different theology and different beliefs. In uh, the follow-up question, if I was baptized as an infant, should I be baptized now that I've placed my trust in Christ? And the answer obviously is yes, because now I'm a believer. Uh, questions about baptism for the dead, we probably don't have to deal with that one very much because of uh, we're not Catholic or Mormon. Or Mormon. Uh, then baptismal regeneration, does baptism save me? And we learned that one today. No. Be, well, which one? Uh, being placed into Christ baptizes you, and that's what you mean by baptism, then yes. But if you're saying, do I am I regenerated by being dipped into water, the answer is no. And so, I mean, th- those, are, those are questions that you should be prepared and equipped to answer and that book will help you do that. Uh, and I hope this podcast is also, also helpful for you with that as well. And if anyone has questions about their their testimony, like, hey, was I, you know, that you know, a lot of the meetings I had this, you know, for this baptism was, hey, I need to wrestle through when my salvation was because that might determine if I get baptized. Um, well, instead of being a public washing, it should be actual believers' baptism. My counsel to all of you is to make sure you have the Bible ready at hand. Say, what does the Bible say conversion looks like? What does the Bible say if someone says, oh, I need to rededicate my life, or I lived a life of sin for many years, what does the Bible have to say about that? So use the Bible. That's what I spent three years with Candace doing, actually. Say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Now she can stand confident in her testimony because of what the Bible, aka what God has to say about her life. So life group leaders use the Bible as your grounds and your foundation to help people see their life before a holy God. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden, we have a few uh, announcements. Uh, first off, the we have our Compass Kids Christmas Choir and Almighty Christmas. It is happening on December 18th, but registrations are open today. So if anyone in your life group has a child that is four years old to the fifth grade, we'd love for them to be to participate and sing uh, Christmas songs on the 18th, and then we get to enjoy that as, as a church congregation. And so make sure they register for that. Rehearsals start on October 2nd after the second service upstairs in the kids' Area and so works. When this is going to be a great opportunity for you to have your kids be a part of what is going on during the the Christmas season here. So I do encourage you sign up now. Uh, don't wait too long uh, because we need to have the kind of people who are going to be up there, the amount, uh, all of those things. So make sure that you're announcing this to your life group that we we need them to register as soon as possible so that we know uh, how to help and how to put this uh, choir together because it's not easy. Uh, leading a kids choir and so let's get this as organized as quickly as possible so there's plenty of time for rehearsal for confidence in these kids lives uh, and there's always a lot of people who come to these which means there's an opportunity for gospel advancement and so look at this as a double opportunity kids get to be involved in what god's doing here and we get the opportunity to share the gospel with people and that, the way that's going to happen is like the kids are going to sing we're going to sing along with them we're going to enjoy it but also pastor hayden's going to get up there and actually preach a sermon and so it's a great opportunity to reach people for Christ and mm-hmm. teach them how to follow him. Pastor Ray, what's the last two announcements that we have for Two this? things. Women's Fellowship, September 24th. So you gals are going to, for the last time independently, are going to go around and find a place to meet and go over the uh, women's uh, sermon from uh, a couple months ago. 
uh, you're going to go over those application questions. And from now on, you guys will actually meet here on campus and do a big fellowship together as a, as a women's ministry and then break off and do your questions as well. And then Explore Encompass, September 25th. We have 40 people registered for that, Whoa. which is a lot. Uh, so honestly, it's like, yeah, we're about, uh, we're full, you know, and I hate to say that because maybe we can fit some more people in there. Everyone who signs up doesn't always show up. So there's still room, but we're so grateful for that. And so either have people sign up for this one or there's another one coming up in just a couple of weeks after that. So have them register for the next one as well. It should be on the, uh, it's on our announcement list when the next one is. All right, leaders, we're looking forward to uh, this week, and uh, we're praying for much fruit from uh, this sermon, from these baptism testimonies, and I cannot wait to see how God uses this for the advancement of his kingdom and for the edification of his church here in New Braunfels. So we look forward to seeing you soon. Mm -hmm.